Cross the Streams Podcast. Cross the Streams Podcast. Kip and Kane. Season 4 is here. New content in all our favorite segments like Listen Up, Hometown Heroes, Useless Full Information, Calling Men In, and many more. The Ion Brothers are back, everybody. Cross the Streams Podcast, Season 4. Kip coming to you today. Uh, Kane is unable to join us, trying to figure out life in the Big Sky Conference with football and COVID and what that all is going to look like. Uh, so he's unfortunately not going to be on this episode. But I, I figured I'd double up his absence with two great guests uh, that we're super excited to bring onto the pod and guys that are working and doing. Like Kane and I have always talked about with Cross the Streams, we wanted to find people's stories that we felt, even though they're not national headlines, they're so impactful and have the chance to grow into something great. Uh, and I think the two gentlemen, I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in a minute the work they're doing uh is so in line with what Kane and I's philosophies are not just as coaches but as men as human beings and then during today's time in the world we find ourselves in today finding like-minded souls is awesome uh, because you can be bombarded with all kinds of things that hit you on social media and the news. So this is awesome for me to have these two gentlemen on. Kyle, why don't you start just real quick introduction of yourself, and then we'll jump to a scene and we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Kip and, and Kane, too, for, for having us on. Uh, really enjoyed the work that you guys are doing and, and enjoyed uh, checking out some of the episodes and getting to know you a little bit through a couple other ways, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a little bit. So first, just thanks for having us on. Uh, my name is Kyle Cavanaugh. I live in Ruston, Louisiana, uh, North Louisiana off I-20. It's the home of Louisiana Tech University. Go Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> Carl Malone, Terry Bradshaw, yeah. uh, Doug Dynasty, uh, and of course myself. <laughs> so some of the four or five most famous alumni. I'm sure. You got to move yourself up uh, that bullet list, man. Move yourself yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm at the bottom <laughs> of it, but I'm on it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, then uh, started my coaching career at Louisiana Tech as a graduate assistant. I actually went to Tech on a music scholarship. I was in the band, kind of an interesting pathway getting back into coaching um, and, and was lucky to jump on as a GA and then jumped into the high school ranks, uh, assistant coach at Ruston High, and then got my first head coaching job uh, at 24 and did that for seven years. Um, and then a little bit of an interesting twist to that story, which we can get into later, um, was an assistant coach at Simsboro High School very fortunate one back-to-back state titles there um, and then made a very difficult decision about you know this time last year to, to leave coaching to, to walk away from a potential three-peat and a really great program um, to just teach and made a family move and it was a very difficult decision but um, some really great things have come out of that uh, since then and, and been able to work with uh, Adam Bradley and lead them up as one of their regional coaches since then and then of course Asim and I I've known each other for about three years and, and really a central coaching goes back to, you know, three years ago when we first started talking and getting together and, um, you know, here we are today. Um, so that's, that's a very, very quick, uh, synopsis of sort of me and where I'm at, uh, beautiful wife, Megan, and a four-year-old daughter, Kendall, uh, as well. So well, that's perfect. I appreciate it. I see him. You're up. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll echo what Kyle said. Just thank you for having us on. And, you know, unfortunately, Kane's not here today, but maybe we'll get get to meet him again uh, as well. But, um, yeah, my story is, is a little bit similar there to Kyle. Like, I grew up, I was not the most athletic kid. I got cut from every team I ever tried out for. And, uh, you know, played rec growing up and just, you know, didn't really have the typical athletic experience that would then lead someone into coaching. Um, but didn't let that stop me kind of nevertheless he persisted 
and uh, went to Old Dominion and, and was a manager on the women's basketball team, worked in college athletics, uh, and then went to the University of Oklahoma on a full graduate assistantship, worked in the athletic department for two years uh, in pretty much every department, volunteered with women's basketball on the side, coached on the side, just kind of like trying to be a sponge and trying to do as much as I could to stay involved with the game. Um, then my first job out of grad school was uh, $25,000 a year in Division One as the director of player personnel for the VCU women's basketball team. And uh, I made the decision, kind of like Kyle, um, to step away from Division One after my first season there. I had been promoted. I had gotten a raise, all of that stuff. And then three months into that, I was like, I just need to spend more time with my family. Mm. Um, the jobs and stuff will be there. And if they're not, then it's not meant to be. So I transitioned after spending about three months with my family overseas, transitioned into teaching, uh, started teaching at an inner, inner city school in D.C., in Northeast DC, I was coaching middle school, and then I had an opportunity to take a job as a business teacher and the head women's or head girls basketball coach at my alma mater uh, at WT Woodson High School in Fairfax, Virginia, and stayed there for three years. And then, you know, there there was a little twist of fate as well uh, that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, and ended up coaching my last season uh, of high school varsity um, as a head coach at South County High School. We were really successful, did really really well. Um, and now this past year, so that was two years ago, this past year I spent as a uh, teacher in Massachusetts as well as an uh, assistant at Brandeis University for the women's basketball team. Uh, it's a D3 school up right outside of Boston. Yeah, well, we, we might have some time to talk about the, the, the life of a D3 basketball journey. Oh, yeah, let you know, it, <laughs> But, you know, I, the, the story, but I want to get let you guys really brag about what you're doing and educate people with your, your business you've created together. But I think one of the reasons I felt so excited about getting you on is I feel like both of you have this transformational idea of what being a coach is rather than the transactional you know message that not necessarily everybody believes in but it's it's predominant in what we do and i know for those of you out there that are listening how did we all connect you know we're in oregon louisiana we're all over the freaking country coming to you on zoom uh, but, you know, a friend of ours that most a lot of people know, Chris Oliver, you know, we're all working, starting businesses together, met through Chris and being able to just watch you guys um, has been motivating for our my teams of men business and seeing what you guys are doing with essential coaching. So, Seymour, uh, Kyle, you guys, I'm sure you've had this talk. You guys have know how to pass the baton and, you know, educating people to what it is you guys do. Uh, I'll give the basics out and then you guys just kind of talk about the story behind how essential coaching, essential-coaching.net, empowering coaches. How did this thing come to be that you two are, are rolling out together successfully? I mean, I can I can start, and then and Kyle will definitely fill in the massive gaps that I leave here. But uh, it really started like three years ago, uh, unbeknownst to us. We were <laughs> on a, a Read and React webinar with like 500 other coaches. Uh, you know, Rick Torbett's doing his talking head thing. And, and listen, Rick Torbett is great. Like, the way he teaches, the reading react, he put it together. Like, I say that that saved my career until I found basketball immersion. So, you know, I don't even remember what it was that Kyle and I connected over. But I had put something in the chat, or he had put something in the chat. And then next thing you know, like, we're swapping phone numbers. And I think that we have not gone a day since without talking to each other. And, you know, what most people don't realize is we've only met each other in person one time. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. That was, that was to be trained as lead them up coaches for our regions that we were going to. So he was going back to Louisiana. I was going up to Boston. Um, so, so anyway, 
we just found that through through our conversations, that was the best clinic that we had ever attended. Um, and most of the most coaches, and, and we even fell into this trap. We had all the gadgets. We did the cones thing, and we did you know all this and that and the other, and we didn't feel fulfilled. And there really wasn't enough um, in those clinics and in those ideas to really create what coaching we thought should be. Mm-hmm. And as teachers and as professionals and as educators, we looked at coaching from more of an educator standpoint and said, where are we really getting the most bang for our buck? Is it paying another for another DVD? Is it paying for another clinic? Championship no. Productions? You guys got shelves of those too? <laughs> we, well, now it's all digital. Right? Now it's all digital. Like if you, I, had a, I had a whole like totem. Yes. Um, and again, like you glean some good stuff from that, but it's not about what you're doing. It's about right. how you're doing it. And so that's such a cliche thing that people will say and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally agree. And then when you press them or you ask them, like, hey, how do you do that? They're like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) And so that was where he and I, I believe, made the most growth. And then during this COVID shutdown, you know, basically we, we had said two years ago, man, we should start a consulting business together. We should do this. I mean, why not? Like the conversations we have are great. Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody else could benefit from that. And, you know, lo and behold, we were both asked to do uh, the Summit Coaches Clinic online, the virtual coaches clinic. And then from that, it just sort of blossomed into this idea of like, hey, we're going to get down to the bare bones essential of what coaching is. Mm -hmm. And so our pyramid pathway of, you know, the human component and program development, you know, leadership and character, bringing in, lead them up and doing some things with that. Um, And then getting into practice design and how to effectively align your practices to what you're trying to get out of your your program Mm -hmm. Um, but really starting with that mission and that vision those core values and really defining what that stuff is and then becoming aligned in those things i think a lot of people will have like a graphic that has some sort of acronym on it and then that just stays on the wall um we're trying to pull it off the wall Mm -hmm. and so I'll, i'll pass it over to kyle and he can sort of fill in the gaps here and then be way more eloquent than I just was. <laughs> that was great. Kyle. No, I see he's getting, he's getting good, man. <laughs> Not very many gaps to fill in. I, I will kind of reiterate, though. I think what it was that's connected us is I was, I was doing the same thing every other coach out there is doing. I was wanting clips. I was wanting drills. I was wanting, like, concrete things yeah. that I could take with my How team. do we guard ball screen seemed, better? Yeah. Yeah, yep. and the scene was like, hey, here's my email address. I'll send you some clips of my girl's you know, doing this and we emailed back and forth a few times and then it led, I was like, well, this is getting annoying. Let's just swap, you know, swap numbers. And then, you know, I, at the time was watching like every NBA summer league game known to man. I had it all on my DVR and I would like take a clip and I'd shoot it to him and I'd be like, Hey, what do you think about this rotation on this defense here? So like our relationship really did start the way most coaches I think do. It was all X's and O's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but when you go into those clinics and the little chat box, it's like, hey, here's my Twitter. Let's connect. And like how many coaches really believe or like really mean like, hey, let's connect. It's no it's it's download my PDF or here's my drill book or things like that. But we legitimately wanted to connect. And that's when we talk about the human component, that it really does start with like authentic connections. And, and we talk about we want our connections to be both rich in quantity, quality. We want them to be authentic and we want them to be deep. And so there's like four kind of pillars to what our connections are about. And then from that, we go through our human component wheel and it's about recruiting people every single day. And the other thing that we're really big on is just sort of like redefining what some of these traditional words mean. Like when we hear recruiting, and I love putting this like on Twitter mm-hmm. because like, obvi- like 
will get inundated. Well, we can't recruit at our school. And I'm like, well, that's a shame. You should be recruiting the players you have every mm-hmm. single day. It doesn't mean player acquisition and mm-hmm. talent acquisition and forgetting who you have already on your team. No, recruit who you have now. Why, why are there thousands of kids in the transfer portal every year? Because they get recruited, they get signed, and then they're no longer recruited. It's off mm-hmm. to recruit the very next kid. Mm-hmm. And so we're about redistributing and sort of redefining the resources that we have and recruiting the hearts and minds of people that you're with every single day. And that includes your staff, your parents, uh, your stakeholders, your administration, your fans, your community, all of that kind of stuff. And it's just, and, and but that, that obviously is a lot of very deep intentional work that needs to be done and you have to sort of put the playbook down for a bit you have to forget about the drill book and the you know the two-line layups or the the med balls and the cones and the tennis ball drills and like and again like i had it all i don't know how much money i spent over the years like a quit and every year i thought like this is going to be the thing that Mm -hmm. saves my program my very unathletic team who has to play these men you know, every night in district, these tennis balls are going to fix all that. <laughs> you know? Do you, both um, you two mentioned, like, did you think this was always within both of you, this philosophy? Was there an aha moment or the aha moment was I'm going to be more true to that thing I've had in? Because I, all the things you mentioned are so, it speaks to like my own, I got the job at 29 years old, I get a head coaching job. And if exactly what you said, Asim, if you would have asked me some of the questions, I would have given you the best answer. But the nuts and bolts and the practice that I actually rolled out didn't I didn't have the conviction to like follow that for five years. At least. At least. It I think it took getting my ass whipped over and over again to really like shed any doubt about I this way it doesn't work. I have to go with what I feel in you know in person. But for both of you, what, what what's the origin of this mantra, so to speak? So uh, I will speak for myself. That moment was getting my not getting my contract renewed at my alma mater mm. um, because you know the, the ideal and, and again I don't know the reason that that happened like I was not privy to the reason they didn't give it to me even when I asked um, I, I have my my guess and my, and my suspicions obviously but at the end of the day what it confirmed for me was that I was doing the right thing mm. and I think that that's a hard thing to reconcile for a lot of coaches and just for a lot of people in general like you don't get to keep the job that you have because you knew that you were doing it the way you wanted to do it mm. and so at the next at the next spot you know when I went in and interviewed I was like look this is who I am this is what I'm about and I'm going to be unflinching in that mm-hmm. we can go 0 and 25 doesn't matter to me what matters is that we're going to do this the right way and the right way is what I thought it was, which is the human component mm-hmm. first. And again, we didn't know the, we didn't use the words, the human right. component and all that stuff, but the theory and the philosophy and the action that we had put in at South County and even at Woodson, my first three years, really my, my second of the three years, two and three plus the year at South County. And now at Brandeis, I mean, it legitimately, like that's just what we were doing. And so then being able to talk through that with Kyle and say, like, hey, what are you doing down at Simsboro? And a completely different situation, but the issues were the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I was coaching girls in a very, very affluent area in a place where, you know, kids play multiple sports. It's not a small town by any means. And I think in the, in the correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, like, how many people are in the village in Simsboro total? Like, maybe 600. Maybe 600. The graduating classes at the schools that I was teaching at were bigger than that. 
You know what I mean? So like just completely different worlds, but the issues were the same. They were human issues. Mm -hmm. And so really putting that and saying like, all right, we have the human component. We're recruiting every single day. I didn't teach in the school that I was coaching at. I was still teaching at the school that didn't renew my contract with coaching. And so I had to find a way to even connect with those kids further. And we went and that was in the same conference. I mean, it was like as heated as it can get. Yeah. And we took those kids and, and, and we did some really, really good things. And I'm proud of our win-loss record, but I'm also proud, probably even more proud of the people that those kids became and who they were to begin with. Mm-hmm. They had really good parents, like, you know, and we were able to align all of those stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a roundabout way, like me getting let go and getting my contract non-renewed was the fuel that I needed to know, like, hey, I'm on the right track and it's not me it's you that's great Kyle so I, I guess you probably got some Malcolm Gladwell fans out there mm-hmm. anybody's ever read Tipping Point yeah. I would say maybe the, the tipping point for me and probably the tipping point for mine and the scenes relationship like it was always we've always been very you know I would say aligned and deeply connected and we cared about a lot of the same things and a lot of this stuff was sort of under the surface but before his contract was, re- was non-renewed I was let go from my head coaching job and I had been there for seven years and was doing really, and I had great kids. We just, we weren't super talented. You know, we played in a really difficult district in a 1A, you know, class down here in Louisiana. And we just, we just didn't have a whole lot of ammo, you know, available to us. And so that's when I turned to lead them up because I knew like come January, it was going to be rough. Like it was just, it was going to be rough. And we had to figure out a way to survive. I thought, I felt like I had to figure out a way to survive. And we needed to get something out of this season. And football team there was going to the semifinals every year, and you don't get your kids. It's a small school. Mm-hmm. We're sharing athletes. I got a weekend to practice before we play a game. Mm-hmm. Baseball's winning state championships. So by February, kids are tired of getting their tails whipped, and they're ready to go to baseball. And it was just sandwiched between that. And that started to change sort of my outlook on things and, and turning more into that transformational type of coach. And I felt like I finally had sort of had it all figured out at that point mm-hmm. and then was let go kind of out of the blue and had passed up other really good head coaching jobs. Cause I got that job when I was 24. I felt kind of like that was my baby. I was <laughs> yeah. working with kids all the way down in pre-K and kindergarten and had camps. And like, I had finally gotten to the point where I was coaching kids that I had had in first grade in those camps. And, you know, I just felt like that was home to me. Um, and I loved the school. I was teaching AP biology. Like my teaching gig was fantastic. I just, I never really could see myself leaving. Mm -hmm. And I always kind of had friends being like, you're never going to leave. And so it was like a greater force had to make something happen in order for me to learn and grow. And that they had to make that decision for me. Mm. So I was, I was let go. Um, and, and in Louisiana, we have parishes, we don't have counties, right? So in our parish, we've got a small school up the road, Simsboro High School, tiny little village, maybe about 140 kids in the high school. Class B, no football, really, really tiny. And was very fortunate, Josh Brown uh, hired me, been the head coach there for a couple of years. And Simsboro's had talent for 40 years. Been to a bunch of top 28s, been to a couple of state championship games and never just sort of could get over the hump, right? But super, super talented. The, the foundation was laid, like there was a, the opportunity to do something extremely special there. And, and Josh recruited me over there and was like, hey, kind of like what you're doing with the offense, really love what you're doing with culture and lead them up. Like, I feel like if we could just sort of put that together, 
we got a chance to be special. And so, again, was very fortunate to do that. We went 38-3, and three, won a state championship game, won by like 38 in the semis, won by like 24 in the state championship game. To beat the reigning champs who have the most state championships in the state, like it was about as picture perfect. And so less than a year from being fired, Wow, I'm going 38 and three with a ring on my finger. Yeah, and people are already talking about doing it again because we only lost one kid, and he was a, a big part of what we were doing. But everybody was expecting a repeat, and so you know it was. And then a scene like later that summer is when his contract got not renewed, and so it was just sort of like that kind of catapulted uh, our relationship. And we went through that year at mm-hmm. Simsboro. He went through that year at South County, and you know, and I, I told this story in that um, coaches clinic where you would have thought I'd have learned my lesson because I just had all this humble pie served yeah. to me. And then like, but no, I, I was doing it right all along. Like I'm legit. Uh-huh. I'm good. I know what I'm doing. We won a championship. Me, 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 look at me and got away from lead them up, got uh-huh. away from tra- And we were the number one offense in the state. I was the offensive coordinator. We were like number or number three, I think in points per game, but we had the most points in the state out of every class. And when I say we've got, you know, 60 boys in the high school, we're beating teams with 2000 kids. Like we were legit Mm -hmm. and and 99% of that credit goes to our talent, but we felt like, Oh, we've got it all figured out. And so now my mind immediately shifted to, well, if we were number three in points per game and we led the team and we should be number one next year. Like, so I immediately shifted to how do we get better on offense? How can we increase points per possession? Like I want to score within four seconds when we get the Mm -hmm. ball, like, and that's really all I cared about. The conversations that I was having with our kids shifted to that, mm. it shifted away from the human component and the relationships and lead them up. And I give all of the credit to our back-to-back goes to our one of our seniors, Gianni, who texted me late one night after a game. We had beaten a 4A school by like double digits, but it felt like a loss. And he texted me and basically put me in my place and was like, look, you preached all this stuff last year. That's why we won a championship we bought into that and you're not that same guy anymore. Wow. You've gotten away from what you have preached to us and said what you were supposed to be about. It's not about family. It's not about leadership. It's not about character. It's about, you know, doing things the right way on, on just because it's uh, how we run our offense. Like that's all you really care about. And we're just not having any fun anymore. And Mm. you're different and you've changed. And basically we hate your guts right now. Mm. And I'm just, I'm sitting at the, the railroad, you know, at, 1130 at night just with my gut punched it's like a movie scene and oh, <laughs> yeah. no doubt and 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 i i was super embarrassed to tell these stories for the longest time um but now i feel like i almost have to tell these oh, stories sure. yeah um and and the very next day we were back in class doing lead them up and this was in december like we were still i want to say we were like i don't know 14 and 1 14 and 2 like on the outside, you'd have thought everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And we hear that with our coaches all the time. We got people that are 25 and 0, 22 and 2, like they're winning and winning cures everything. No, it doesn't. Right. Like it just sort of glosses over a lot of that. And you would have thought we'd have been fine. But Gianni and his wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we talk about wanting to be player led, then you as the coach have to be willing to give that kid that voice and be willing to hear some tough truths. And so we had enough time. Luckily, he did it in December. And we had enough time to sort of work on our issues. And, and we went through a tough stretch. We played a really difficult tournament over New Year's. We'd lost like three out of five games, uh, you know, and, and things got a little bit tough. But then we got into our district, got into our groove. And when we played teams kind of more in, in our class, you know, things got a little bit better. 
We had to play that same exact team we beat by 37 the year before in the semis, and we're down 11 the entire game. We did not deserve to win that game at all. We completely overlooked them. We were going to play the same team in the championship game that we had played the year previous, uh, and we, we completely overlooked this team. And we were – there was like five minutes left. We're down 11. I mean, our season was done. Back-to-back -back was over. We were going to get run out of town. We'd have all been fired before we got back to, you know, Simsboro. And, and we won. Like, somehow we won. But, I like, I give all that credit to the work that we had done mm -hmm. leading up to that because in years past we – You mean it wasn't just something you drew, Kyle, that was smarter than the other guy? It had, really? It had absolutely nothing to do with a drill book, a PDF, a playbook. Right. Oh. So then we go into that championship game, and we're winning that game. They come down. They hit a three with, like, four minutes left. We go down. We're calm, cool, collected. We handled it. We win. We win the back-to-back, -back. and it was just like this whirlwind of like emotions of like, oh my gosh, like the kids did that, mm -hmm. not me. Like I didn't do. I screwed it up. <laughs> like I did everything I could to get in our way from winning, you know. Mm -hmm. And and the and the kids fixed all of that. Um, and so anyway, sort of fast forwarding here a little bit, we only lose two kids off of that team. And we felt like this was going to be our best season this year and had an opportunity to get a teaching job back at the school that had let me go. Mm -hmm. And of course I was like, no way, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and of course, never say never. I'm back there teaching uh, and walked away from a potential three P to make a family move because my little girl is going to be in pre-K there. Mm -hmm. that year. And mm -hmm. it was just a, a roller coaster yeah. of emotions for a couple of years in my coaching career where you go from being fired to winning championships and feeling like you got it all figured out, being offered all these big time head, you know, five A head jobs, and now all of a sudden I'm not coaching anymore. Yeah. yeah. And it was just it was crazy. But three weeks after that decision, I'm in Massachusetts. I mean I'm sorry, I'm in Maryland meeting a scene for the first time, getting ready to be on the lead 'em up team. And a few months later a seam and I are starting essential coaching and then like boom, here we are. So yeah. it's just kind of crazy how all of that can can kind of take shape. Well, I appreciate We're going to take our first break, but I really appreciate both of you being able to be vulnerable with your failures. You don't get it a lot that in clinics, right? Very rarely do people come on the clinics that we all watch. But you know what? This, this shit didn't work for me. Let me tell you about it, <laughs> right? So we'll be right yeah, back with 100%. Kyle and the scene. Across the Stream Podcast and its creators, Kip and Kanayon, stand for anti-racism and for being disruptive to bigotry in all its forms. Before now and forever we implore our listeners to listen to learn learn to care and care enough to act all right we're back cross the streams podcast essential coaching kyle nasimer with us take me through now guys let's say i'm a coach and i've heard either i listen across the streams you know the millions of people that listen across the streams uh but a coach finds out about you guys in the various ways what am I getting by sign? What am I? How do I connect? What does it look like? Just take me through what it is you do for me in trying to improve what I'm about. Yeah. So the first thing you got to do is go to essential-coaching.net and subscribe to our website. That's the most important thing. It gets you on our email list, and that's how you really get access to deals. You get access to our content, um, and you get access to us. And so, you know, we have, we have a couple of different ways that you can get connected. The most popular one and the one that we're really focusing on right now is our what we call our preferred community. And that's what everybody's in right now. And it's intentionally small, almost like, you know, like craft coffee or craft mm -hmm. beer, like small batch. So we're doing small batch cohorts 
with coaches, not just basketball coaches, but coaches of all sports. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have some football coaches, we have some ADs, and the majority of basketball coaches. And we really go through a process that we like to call RACA, or reflection, awareness, clarity, alignment. And so really asking those hard-hitting questions that are very, very simple. So like, what is your vision? And coaches will say, hey, this is my vision, blah, 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 blah. And say, okay, well, show us where that shows up. Mm. And that's where a lot of times coaches get a little bit hamstrung and they're like, I don't know where it shows up. It's something that I prepared for my interview and yeah. I don't really do it. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and we're like, look, we've all been there. Right. We're trying to get the job. Our job in essential coaching is trying to help you keep the job. Mm. And this is coming from two guys who didn't keep the job, mm. which is equally as important to understand. Like you may have these best laid plans. We call it stacking the deck. And so when we're going through that process, we have a bunch of different roads we're going down. Like right now with our, our cohorts, we're going through what's called external formulas. So I'll give you an example about that. An external formula is something somebody else thinks you should do just because of where you are. Mm. So in life, that would be like when to get married. When do you need to buy a house? When should you switch careers or switch jobs? Any of those things that are like predisposed for you because society tells you to or because somebody you trust tells you to do it. And so really knocking down those norms and creating our own that are aligned to what we believe to be true. Mm. But you can only do that once you've raised your awareness and created some clarity to then be able to align of what you actually believe in. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times, again, we're going back to watching that clinic or, hey, Coach K does this at Duke, so it should definitely work for me because I have Zion Williams. (laughs) Like that's not going to work. Guys, Dame Lillard hit that from 30. Why can't you? I just ran the same exactly. flare. Exactly. <laughs> like, like some of my kids couldn't even shoot the three. They're not even strong enough to do it. Um, so, so, but really going through that process. But then what you have is a cohort that you meet with every week or every two weeks, depending on where you are. And you're literally in the same room over Zoom with those same people. It's not a random assortment of people. It is a cohort, and you're going through life's battles together. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about it, that strength in numbers piece is so strong. What we've found, because we also have a digital coaching community through Slack, um, people are messaging each other through Slack, which is a messaging app. We have different channels on there. You can go and get whatever resource you want from any of these people, too. So instead of going and getting, you know, some famous coaches' resources, maybe that's not going to work for you. But Adrian Lewis down the street from UK. Yep, South Salem High School. might work for you. South Salem High School, what they're doing might work for you. So he shared in Slack his basketball school, which is incredible. He's given out points. It's genius. Genius. Given out points for for reading books, for writing essays, for shooting, for this, that, and the other. But it aligns with the type of people he's trying to create Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. his program. Um, And that was something that stemmed out of a conversation, I want to say probably two or three weeks straight, of conversation about vision, mission, goals, core values, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what are the standards going to be in your program? So we have two like content that we will give out to our members to say, here, use this, take two and call us in the morning. Right. Yeah. And then when, so the, the difference is though, with, with many different consulting businesses and stuff like that, like we don't just give you the resource and then leave you to it. Right. We're with you till the end. Yeah. Yeah. We want to help you see see you through implementation, see you through everything that you're doing, and really create a support system for coaches because coaching is lonely. Yeah. Coaching is super lonely. Yeah. 
And so if we can, if we can provide some of that light for coaches, then we've done our job. No, that you know, have you, you guys found, uh, Kyle, yeah. and you can answer or seem to have you found, is it hard to convince coaches that the, the relationship in the cohort is just as important as, or maybe you guys correct me if I'm saying this wrong. I feel like the relationship building is just as important as whatever that pill is you give them. Like I, I, I know myself in the early years or coaches that I'm great friends with, but I know how they operate. They want the DVD, they want the PDF and that's the fix and they can move on to their next problem. I'm hearing from you guys participating and sharing together is just as powerful. Right. So yeah. we, we would say, like, I think we had a tweet guy yesterday. It's about cures, not treatments. Mm. Right? Like the, Great the drug company wants you to keep getting sick because they want you to keep coming back. So, and what everybody is looking for in coaching, education, whatever, is we're looking for that prescription that's going to cure you. There is no such thing as a prescription that will cure you like we yeah, that's going to treat you it's going to mm -hmm. fix a symptom here or there but it's never going to get to sort of the underlying cause right and we want to help like we would be totally fine if you worked with us for a year and didn't need us anymore because that means mm. you're cured mm -hmm. like you fixed what you needed to or you found the answer you were looking for like we as we like to say we're allies mm. in your coaching development or we're allies for holistic program development we want to fight with you in the trenches. That's mm -hmm. where the difference we feel with us is because that's what a seam and I have been for one another. And so it really just started with, if this works for us too, surely it could work for a third or a fourth or a fifth. And we've had, you know, I think we started with 24 coaches in uh, over the last four months. And, and it's amazing that you talk about the relationship part that we've had coaches say those same things. Coaching is lonely the weight of coaching is heavy mm -hmm. and as going through essential coaching, I feel like that weight is being lifted off my shoulders because I'm not having to carry that load myself mm -hmm. and I'm not as lonely going through those things. And what we realize is, is we've got Adrian Lewis in Oregon and we've got Ryan Kimball in Maryland and we've got Moses in Kenya and Yusuf is in Estonia and we've got girls coaches and boys coaches and youth sixth grade youth coaches and you know, division two women's coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches. And it's, we are so diverse, but we're all dealing with the same issues. Yeah. But everybody deals with those same issues in their own unique way. And that's the important part is mm -hmm. that you realize that a, you're not alone, but yes, your situation is unique to you mm -hmm. because coaching is an open system. And what worked for one team one year might not work for the next. Like at Simsboro, we literally only lost one kid from the state championship team. Mm -hmm. But we were a completely different team the next year because those external formulas and the things that are hitting you from all different sides are going to constantly change. Mm -hmm. So if we have a coach that says, like, well, I did the same thing for three years, and then all of a sudden it didn't work. It was like, well, because you did the same thing. The yeah. team wasn't the same. Right. The environment wasn't yeah. the same. Like something's got to, to give. And so – our vision for this is to, and we, we, we promise we're not overstating this because it, to some people, it sounds like we are, we want to be the deepest connected coaching community in the world. And that sounds crazy coming from just two guys who were fired. The guy who was in band and the guy who got cut from the freshman team <laughs> both got fired. Like who, who are we? Yeah. We're going to create the deepest connected coaching community in the world. And what's funny is, is like Adrian had a baby, like, we literally have like three days ago, right? A baby, a baby boy, right? Or baby girl. Yeah. Baby boy. And, baby boy. And he's jumping in on the call 
you know, just being like, hey, guys, I can't stay, but I just wanted to jump in because, you know, I just want you guys to know that I'm here. Wife and baby, you're good. Just wanted to connect and and just let you guys know that I was thinking about you. Everything's good. And, you know, can't wait to see you guys next week. we got coaches that go on vacation and they're sitting out on the balcony at their condo with like shoddy Wi-Fi right. because they can't miss their session. Mm-hmm. And that really is like the greatest compliment that we can receive. And not just that we can receive, but our coaches in our group can receive. Yeah, there's a loyalty to the group. Are, mm-hmm. They're doing mm-hmm. anything they can to make sure that they're going to be in session. Yeah. That, that truly is special. And I, and that's what I feel like a lot of coaches are missing on that journey. And so we like, we like to say it's your path. And your path is important, but you don't have to walk that path alone. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much power in that, guys, because I, I know all of us are competitive, and the nature of our sport tells us, I'm going to hoard this because I have to beat you later, right? And I know a lot of – I struggle with that too with people that I'm close to, but we're playing next week, so what changes, right? You know, So go ahead. And and so to that point, like one of the things we like to say is be the team that – you know, like you can scout us, you can know what we do, but you can't prepare for us mm. as people. Um, and our culture and who mm-hmm. we are and the climate on our team. Yeah. Um, you can't prepare for that. And so when we try to help coaches with that, because, again, we we haven't even touched X's and O's. That's the very tippity top of the pyramid of our model. Mm-hmm. Right? Of our pyramid model, X's and O's is the very tippity top. So if it's Yeah, go ahead. Take us through that, Asim. Go ahead. Take through the pyramid. I was yeah, going to ask sure. that next anyway. And, Kyle, I want you to go through the wheel. I know that's the bottom level of the, of the pyramid. Yes, the mm-hmm. human. But go ahead because right. I love your graphics. And like we said, these are all on your guys' website. They're awesome, mm-hmm. like, introductions to what you guys teach and, and, and help people learn. Yeah, so for sure. As you said, the bottom of our pyramid. And so there's – you know, when we think about coaching, when the TV analyst or Joe the fan says, oh, they're a great coach, normally what that means is they run really good stuff or they get their kids to play hard mm-hmm. or their defense is this or whatever. But really the essence of coaching to us is the human component. How do you recruit every single day? And to, to harken back to what Kyle said about recruiting, like we're not allowed to do that here at high school. Yes, you are. You have a whole community that you can be recruiting all the time, being your authentic self, creating connections, real, open, and honest communication leads to respect, leads to relationships, and you just keep going and going and going on that wheel. You never stop. And so what it becomes is it becomes an ever going, like an ongoing process of the human component to try to create the deepest relationships that you can with each person on your team, with each person on your staff, with each person in your community until, and that, that will never stop. You're never done. There's no finish line for that. And so when we really think about coaching and which coaches are really the best ones, it's the ones that can squeeze the most juice out of that barrier because the relationships that they have are so strong and because they are invested in those relationships and in recruiting their kids every single day. Um, so then with that as your foundation, that helps you create your pillars of play. It helps you create your philosophy, your mission, your vision, all of those things. What do you really want to be about? And so then the next tier up would be your, our program development tier. And so that's where all of that stuff comes into play. And so we've done a little bit of that here, even over the last four months, just moving up one tier from the human component into program development. 
we just barely started to scratch the surface with our coaches because there was so much yeah. relearning and unlearning that had to be done with, and, and it really wasn't us guiding that mm-hmm. with, with any new information. It was literally asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with program development, what, what are your, what is your mission? What is your vision? How does that align to how you want to play? What are your philosophies? What are the systems you have in place? How do you deal with parents? What does leadership and character look like in your program? Are you using lead them up? Are you using teams of men if you coach boys, right? All of those things. What are the systems and things that you have in place to help augment that human component? I think that's that's so that's, that's such a great. Thank you for laying that out, and especially the part about it's not you don't get to just and coaches. We like to jump to the next thing. I don't know about you guys, but in the past, I was a slave to my practice schedule. So if I said five hundred four to the next thing, oh, we're going at five hundred four, even though that last thing we just did, we don't know what we're doing. But I got to move on to my next thing. I, I really appreciate you guys. We're not going to leave this human component until you really are self, like you're aware of yourself. Because the rest of it, right. then it just crumbles again. That's that's such a. I love it. I love it. Keep going. Well, that that's that's why the pyramid is set up the way it is. Because if you you know if you're going to build a pyramid, we all know what it looks like. If you're going to build that on a shaky foundation, the X's and O's, the practice, all of that crumbles. So why would you build the second story of a building if you haven't? built the first one right you know and, and and no matter how long it takes and it's it's tough we all get we all want to sort of jump forward we really do it's a it's a delayed gratification is so difficult because that's when coaches i think feel like well my situation is unique and i have to do this because i don't mm-hmm. have enough time mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. time 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 yeah. is such a big thing but great point if you put this work in early we're going to not only save you time but you're going to get more out of the time that you use because may I might even enjoy it. You mean I might enjoy it. And you, and you might actually enjoy the ride home. And then when you you might feel fulfilled, (laughs) you you might feel fulfilled. Just there's a chance that you can feel fulfilled in coaching and it'll be a little bit less lonely. And I know I'm laughing, but that is powerful, right? It's gotta be so powerful for what you guys do because when do we feel that it's rare and think, Think about going home and you didn't finish what you needed to. So we like to say no unfinished business because unfinished business always, always, always shows up. Mm. So you don't finish the business of the day. You take that home with you. Yep. Now your wife has to deal with that business. Your kids have to deal with that business. Mm-hmm. And then because you don't get to handle your business at home, now you take your home business back to you, back with you to work yeah. the very next day. And now you've gone through a whole week of that and you're constantly behind the eight ball yeah. and you can't ever seemingly catch up to that. And that's what having sort of that cohort community is about. And so X's and O's are important. It's not like they're not on the pyramid. Right. I mean, what you run can matter. Like there is better stuff mm-hmm. and bad stuff. But if what you're running doesn't align with how you practice it and how you practice it doesn't align with the leadership and character and the leadership and character doesn't align with who you are building in your program, then again, it's not going to matter. No, no coach has ever gotten up there and either talked about the championship or talked about that they just lost, being that they wish they would have downloaded that one more PDF off of Twitter, mm-hmm. right. or wishing that they had gotten one more play out of the fast model playbook. Like, yes, we do have to have those things in place, but how it's woven throughout the rest of the program is what really actually matters well i i couldn't agree. i mean think about you guys mentioned fast model right i don't think you have time for your fast model or your synergy when all your human components on your team are broken 
you're putting out those fires constantly. And I know I've been in those seasons because I'm not an expert right. either. Yeah, where you're like, did, right? Did I even ta- did I even get to the scout today? No, because I had he had this issue, he had that one. Those two have this. I you're, I I couldn't agree more with everything you guys are laying out. Go ahead, Asim. Yeah, and and so what I would say to that, and Kyle sort of alluded to it here, is about the, that third tier on our pyramid being practice design and your practice environment. And so if our standards aren't strong enough and we're dealing with XYZ issue and we can't get to the scout, being able to unwind that cord a little bit and say, where is the key? Where are we having this issue? And being able to be reflective enough to create that clarity to say, this is the real roadblock to what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's not that our drills are not good. Mm -hmm. They might not be good, but your drills aren't going to matter if your humans aren't ready to go. Yeah. And so, you know, I think a lot of times this this conversation gets lumped into a few categories, too, of like student athlete mental health, culture, like these big sort of nebulous things. Mm-hmm. When you really boil it down and again, I'm not trying to make an oversimplification here, but when you really boil it down, if we can be reflective, if we can have the awareness of where we are on that human component wheel, if we have the clarity to know this is how we want to play this is how my athletes can play. This is how we need to practice. Now everything can be aligned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, and remember the Titans, he says, what does he say? I run six plays, split beer. It's like, no, we can't give it time. It always works. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel with your X's and O's. Yeah. Everybody runs good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's good stuff everywhere. You can find it anywhere. But is it good stuff for your kids, and how do you know? Mm-hmm. Is it good stuff for your program, and how do you know? Are you reflective enough to understand that it doesn't matter what we do in practice today because Sally Sue and Jenny have an issue, and you don't know about it because you're not connected enough with them, and they're not connected enough with each other, mm-hmm. right? And, and when we put out, we put out a, a – a poll the other day or a graphic the other day, we got a lot of good feedback on it about what are your pain points. And most people said another system, another DVD, lack of fulfillment, lack of leadership on my team, parents, this, that, and the other. And we sit here and wonder like, okay, if those are the biggest pain points that you have, and this is sort of a roundabout way to close out the, the first question about what do we actually do in essential coaching? If those are the issues that you actually have, let us help you find solutions to those issues so those are no longer mm-hmm. your pain points and you can go and get your fast model fix. Yeah. And this yeah. is coming from somebody who is a fast model contributor. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm acting in my <laughs> against my own self-interest <laughs> right now. Right? Like yeah. don't download my plays. Right. Don't do that. Right. Those will be there. Let's find out how to increase your awareness and your alignment in your program to what you actually want your experience to be as a coach and ultimately what you want your players to remember you for. Absolutely. That's perfect. Let's take our second and last break and come right back. Before we get back to the show, we want to encourage all of our listeners to seek out ways each of you can actively participate in dismantling systems of oppression and to avoid the comfort of silence. Yeah, we're back. Cross the Streams podcast. Essential Coaching is with us, Kyle and Asim. Either one of you, as you guys were talking, and I, and I, I mean, it's it's really it's really in emboldening for me to hear like minded philosophy. And you guys have done such a good job laying it out and being being able to speak 
to all these things. How do you, I'm not sure it's a, it's not an end point necessarily, but how are you and your cohorts, how are you guys helping them figure out if it's working or they're, they're, they're growing in each section of your pyramid? How are you judging that? Cause you guys both said you've won titles and Kyle, in one of those years, you didn't feel like you did a great job, right? In other years, you guys were fired and knew you were doing it the way you wanted. So I, like, we don't want to be scoreboard driven. So how are you gauging or what are the, what are your guys' philosophies with your business and your mantras? How do I know I'm getting better or I'm doing the right things? Yeah, I mean, so I think, number one, it comes from the testimonial of knowing that you feel like you're on the right path. And that when there is that moment of indecision or that you're at those crossroads, you're not allowing those external formulas to dictate mm, mm. what you're doing. And that's a really salient point and here over the last two or three weeks. We really started to get into that. And, I'm, I, you know, I'll get text messages or a message from a coach in our cohorts. It's like, hey, what about this external formula? I'm seeing this right now. You know, we have a coach who's, you know, she'll remain nameless. But, you know, we, she was like, I wish I could start a burner Twitter account for all the crap I see. <laughs> and I was like, just ha- just hashtag external formulas because that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. You know, that's all you have to do. We'll know what you're talking about. You'll know what you're talking about. But ultimately, it's being able to use your inner voice to make your own Mm. decisions. And our job as your partners in this is to help you cultivate that inner coaching voice. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a young coach, I'm sure we all heard this from a mentor, like you got to have your coaching voice. And that's the voice that you use outwardly to players to to show that you have some sort of authority. You You got to add more base to it. Yeah. Right. Uh Like say it with your chest. Yes. Yeah. But ultimately, like... That inner voice where you're not waking up with that ang- that anxious knot in your in your chest every day, like, man, am I going to get an email from a parent today? God, I really don't want to talk to my AD today. You know, like that feeling, we're trying to help that go away. Mm. Or not go away, but so you can manage that. Yeah. Feeling. It's almost um, like, tra- is it training know, like, to listen, like trust in your voice? Like trust what you're hearing yeah. from yourself? Right. And that's where the clarity and the alignment piece. So in our our RACA, R-A-C-A framework, that clarity and alignment piece is what allows you to sleep well at night. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not clear on what you want and you're not aligned to that clarity, then you're just going to be, excuse me, spinning in circles the entire time. And that's really sort of the rat race that, you know, we as coaches, that's even an external formula that we have is like, oh man, this is so hard. Oh, I never sleep. Yeah. Well, it's not a competition, man. Like, yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> you got to text me go that to tonight. You send that tonight, please. Take yeah, your ass you to bed. Go to sleep tonight because you know what? That'll still be there tomorrow right. morning, and you're not doing your best work right now. And if you did all the pre-work to get to this point, and you're still frustrated, then we need to go back and retool and see where we fell mm-hmm. short. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of it, I mean, there's there's not a ton of quantitative data that we can give you that says like, hey, this works or it doesn't. But from the testimonials yeah. and from our coaches feeling that way mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, like I tried this with my kids and they love it. You know, we have a coach that's doing weekly Zooms with their kids right now because they're, you know, they're in lockdown. They can't yeah. do anything. And the kids are excited to be there. They want more. And they've said now, you know, they've set their pillars of play. They've set their core values. Like, this is what we're going to be about. And I've always asserted, and I think, Kyle, you would agree with this. Like, 
out of this pandemic, the team that comes out the most connected mm-hmm. is going to be the one that is the most successful, not just right, right after the pandemic, mm-hmm. but for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you'll have eight seniors this year and you're, you're in line to win a state championship. You're in line to win a national championship. But what happens the day after? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what we're trying to do. Again, it's not a cure to get you to a point. It's or sorry, it's not a treatment to get you to a point. It's a cure to get you to keep going. Yeah. To elongate your life in this business. That's awesome, Kyle. Yeah, and I, I would throw a couple things on there. Um, you know, think about the mixed messages that your players get when you tell them, "Hey, trust me. Listen to what I say. I need you to be committed. I need mm-hmm. you to be confident." And then we, as coaches, are the least committed and the least confident people in our program. Yeah. Because we constantly change what we're doing. Year yeah. to year, month to month. Oh, he can't play anymore. That zone don't work. We got to change our press break. Yeah. How, how many of us have been guilty, yeah. guilty going into halftime and been like, all right, everything we talked about yesterday, <laughs> scout, scout, screw it. I'm going to draw something in the dirt and this is going to work. Yep. Like I used to do that all the time. Yep. And I thought, and honestly, like, I mean, honestly, if we're going to confess some things here, I thought that's what good coaching was. Mm-hmm. Because all you see on TV is the coach drawing up the play, and that's what they put on SportsCenter. Right. But what we don't know is, is they're not just drawing up a play. You know, there, there's been a lot of work that goes into that, and the alignment and the clarity and understanding who those kids are, who their players are, and where they need to be, and where their heads are at, and who needs to take the shot. And all of these, you know, the art of coaching that, that sort of just gets skimmed over, and we as coaches end up being the least committed and confident people in our program mm-hmm. because we, we change offenses. We buy that new DVD. We we start doing something in practice that was different than what we said was going to work two weeks ago. And so it's like, where do your how do your kids supposed to, to trust you if you can't even trust yourself? Mm-hmm. And so how do we know that our coaches are getting better? It's because they're finding that inner voice and they're trusting it. Mm-hmm. And 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 my my grad school background is in in psychology, IO psychology consulting, and and one of the things that um, and one of the textbooks that I, I've been going back and re, rereading through a lot of this stuff is that feelings are facts and it's not quantitative data, but feelings are facts. So how you're perceived or how you're perceiving the situation matters. Mm. And, and there's this idea that like, if we can't quantify it and put it into a formula, then we have to, we have to skip over it. It doesn't matter. And that's not necessarily, or we believe that that's not necessarily the case. Mm. That stuff matters. Mm. How your kids are perceiving things or how you are perceiving things is different. And this is where we feel like, I'm just going to kind of step us out on a limb here. We feel like we've got an opportunity to change some of this conversation at Mm -hmm. Essential Coaching. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks culture, culture, culture. Oh, yeah. Massive big word that we all have to have one. We write up a little acronym. We plaster it on the wall. But what coaches are missing is climate. Mm. Yep. There's a mm. difference between culture and climate. And we're we're getting, we're shifting. There's been a shift in coaching. And, and credit to us as a profession for focusing more on culture. That's great. We've done that. But that's just the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Having a parent meeting, having a core set of values, talking about that stuff day one, that's the bare minimum. That's just step one. What we then have to do is shift our focus to our climate. And our climate is what we're doing every single day. Mm-hmm. That is the human component. That is recruiting. That is how our practice design is tied back to what our core values are going to be. Culture is big picture in the background stuff. 
Climate is everyday in the foreground actionable stuff. It's how your kids are perceiving what they're actually going through and, and their feelings are facts, whether you like it or not. And the old school mentality is screw it. Just do it. Cause I told you to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Just do what I'm telling you to do it. Everything will work out perfectly. Yeah. But, but we just changed offenses three times in three years. Right. And I'm a senior, but I was supposed to just do it. And so that, misalignment that there, there's no congruency there mm -hmm. um and it's just sort of finding that and we, and we hear that from the testimonials out of our coaches when they say i feel like i'm less stressed i sleep better the weight is being lifted off my shoulders mm -hmm. i'm more confident i'm excited to coach again mm -hmm. i can't wait to get to, to put this into practice that is our data mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. how we know that we're getting better when you can feel that yeah. But it's hard to quantify, right? Yeah. So it's hard to sort of say that and maybe sell that to somebody to go through that kind of deep work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be worth doing, right? <laughs> exactly. The Before we wrap up, we got about five minutes left. Give me an example or two of powerful conversations, whether it's been in a cohort or something you guys have posted that is something coaches listening uh, is an example of like kind of the the driving of new thoughts and opportunities your your guys's stuff opens up in people's minds. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with that one. And Kyle, you're probably thinking of the same one. I hope I don't steal your thunder here, but we had a coach probably I'd say the second or third week. It was really, it was in his in its infancy, and this particular coach, like their team, had gone twenty two and two. They were going to play for a state championship, and then COVID hit. And, you know, for a long time, I had been told by people like in an external formula, uh, so to speak, that if you have good kids, character doesn't matter. Mm. And so for us, we reframed character as a whole to the repeatability of good habits. Are your Ooh. good habits repeatable? Oh, I love that. And so when we framed it that way to this coach, I asked her a very simple question. I said, listen. You all force baseline or middle. They said baseline. I said, all right, how many times out of 10 are your players, if they're supposed to put their foot on the baseline to cut off the baseline, are they doing that? And they were like, well, not very many. I said, okay, well, then we don't have high character kids. Mm. It doesn't mean that they're bad kids. Right. It doesn't mean that they don't possess the ability to be a good kid and be charismatic and be fun to talk to and all of those great character traits but are they a high character basketball player? Meaning do they have the repeatability of those positive habits? No. And it's not a knock against their personality or who they are. As a right. person. It's literally like you're a liability right now yeah. because your character is not strong enough to get your foot on the baseline so that we don't give up that baseline drive. We're forcing baseline. We're not giving up baseline. And when we had that conversation, that was like the aha moment. I mean, it was mm -hmm. like literally Kyle's making the, the head explosion. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, Kyle, are you frozen? No, he's there. Kip, are you frozen, man? I'm good. I can still hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're good. Um, you know, that that was like the seminal moment for me. And for really in the yeah. core, like that mind-blowing thing, like number one, when we redefine it that way, it becomes a lot harder to achieve. And number two, now everything that that coach does, they're going to see it through the lens of character and it's going to be like, holy That's crap, great. we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And 
it's not things that we can X and O. It's not things we can draw up on the board. We literally have to roll up our sleeves and get to work building the character of our team. That's that's awesome. Awesome. Great example. Kyle, he probably stole it from you, didn't he? Uh, yeah, partner. That's, that's, that's one of our best, our best uh, conversations there. Sorry, man. I knew I had to go with the go go with the gold, right? Yeah. There. So I'll I'll take it back to sort of the Asim and I are both classroom teachers. You know, I've taught for twelve years, everything from seventh grade to twelfth. I've taught biology, life science. I've taught free enterprise, civics, U.S. history. You, you kind of name it. You know, and again, uh, different schools, rural, city, private, public, old, young, whatever, and sort of getting back to our questioning and feedback strategies. Are we good teachers? So again, it doesn't really matter what the X's and O's is gonna be. Like we all wanna run a two to one press. Okay, great, buy the DVD, but if you can't teach it the way that guy does, it's not gonna matter. Because mm-hmm. like, A, you don't have their their kids, but then you gotta be a good teacher too. Right. So us us going through like in a scenes example there, like are we gonna go baseline or middle? So we set up the drill, all right, we're gonna run baseline or middle. And then what is every single one of us, we're all guilty of doing this. After we explain the drill, we go, does that make sense? Oh, every time. And never, never, never That's wait for somebody to be crazy enough to tell you any, it doesn't. Or, or we're like, right? Any questions? Are we good? Yeah. Yeah. I say, I say questions, problems, concerns, and I'm not expecting anyone to respond. So I, you're, you're totally right. So that, that brings us up to a, a bunch of different pathways. Like, A, have we created a, an environment where kids can answer? Have we created their confidence to answer where they're afraid they're not going to get their head bitten off or they're not going to you know, be looked at as they said something stupid or whatever, and they just want to play. They want you to shut up. Mm-hmm. They're tired of listening to coach talk. They're ready to get back to playing, especially if we're playing five on five. Like if they're getting a hoop in practice and you stop and talk about something and you go, hey, y'all with me? Uh, yes, sir. Can we play again? <laughs> and then you run the drill again and the kid screws it up. And you're like, but you just told me that we understood. Well, obviously there's a, a miscommunication or a misalignment, but we didn't give them the opportunity right. really to find out if there was true understanding. And when we say something like, does that make sense? We're not empowering their voice at all, at all. We, we are just simply saying like, don't you dare question right. how well I taught that because I just did a really good job explaining that. And if any of you guys have a question, you weren't paying attention and that's your fault. Mm-hmm. So we're not empowering their voice. We're excluding their voice. But if we go through that same thing and I say, Kip, can you restate that back to me? Mm. Can you explain what I just said? Love it. Or a seam answers a question, Kip, can you just explain what a seam just said? Or can you give me a different example? Or Kip, that worked. You drove, you drove middle and we hit paint and you dumped it down to the post player. That was great. Is that always going to work that way? Yes or no? And get you to think about that and see if you can explain to me when it would or when it wouldn't. And now I'm starting to figure out where you're, A, are you engaged? Mm-hmm. Is the kid on the sideline who never gets in practice engaged? And then are we truly understanding something? And again, that's a conversation that's for so another good. time about how do, how do we get the kids who don't play? Right. How are they successful in our program? You know, we only have five kids on the floor. How do we make sure that our bench is contributing to that vision? So if you have values like, we want to be the toughest team in America. Well, that's great. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. But how does that 12th kid on the bench get to be tough? Yeah. What does that look like? And then how do we sort of go about operationalizing and defining that? And so th- those are some examples of, of so conversations good. and things that we would go through. Man, that is 
you guys got to come back on. I know you're busy. You got th hundreds of cohorts, but this is great. I all this stuff that uh, you know, I'm, and I'm learning right along as I'm asking these questions. And I can only imagine uh, folks that sign up. One more time, a senior Kai, whoever, give them the best, quickest way to start working with you guys. Yep, shoot us an email, admin at essential-coaching.net, or just go to that website, essential-coaching.net. And I'll make sure I put that up when we post uh, the episode. But really appreciate you two. Uh, continued great luck and uh, looking forward to staying connected as well with you guys. Thanks for being on Across the Streams. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests. <laughs>